This week on the Spivey Special Podcast, we have our guest, Tyler Allen Wentworth-Golding, and we'll be talking about Taco Bell, beer pong, and wrestling. Welcome to episode 35 of the Spivey Special Podcast. This is the Big Hurt episode. The Kevin Durant. I'm not a big fan of Kevin Durant, though. I think he it's went the Yogi Berra episode. Kevin Durant went to a better podcast, I think, to try to get more listens. Yeah, that's probably true. That's how he rolls. Do the Warriors have a podcast? Maybe. Maybe Kyrie has one. Raptors last yes. year? Yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah. He teamed up with everybody. The Monstars, probably. No. No. You need Jordan to take them down. That's true. You think LeBron is going to beat? I don't think LeBron's going to beat the Monsters. You can't. He's going to get cramps because it's going to be too hot wherever they're playing on some <laughs> other planet. So I don't think he has a chance. I heard the Monsters got J.J. Barea, so they're in trouble. Oof. Guy's got game. <laughs> All right. So we have some big news for this week. We have a new addition to the show. To the, to the universe of the Spivey Special Podcast. Troy, tell the fans about our new website. Well, you just did, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we got a new website. Um, we got pretty creative with the name. It's the SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. It's SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. What did I say? You said the Spivey Special Podcast, well, com, which is a different it, thing. Is it? It is. Nice. That's how websites work. Oh, I didn't know that. SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. It's pretty cool. Um, we're still work in progress, but we're having a really good time with it. We're building it up. We're going to give you guys some fun stuff to do throughout the week. We might even start a blog. We might be Ooh. doing other sort of things, contests. And Troy will tell you about the muffins that he's been making. Oh, yes. I have a great recipe for this blueberry delight. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, Zach. We have someone else with us, though. Would you like to... We have a very special guest. One of my best friends in the entire world. The only person I know that has two first names. Aunt Jemima. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably had some Aunt Jemima in his day, but our guest is Tyler Allen Wentworth-Golding. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Tyler. We're very excited to have you on the show. I am a day one listener. I'm a little fan, and I'm very excited to be here. We're excited that you finally came so you could pick up your shirts that you ordered in November. I know. <laughs> Thank God they still fit. <laughs> I ordered large in advance, just uh, expecting it. It's weird having a groupie on the show, but I'm kind of excited. <laughs> but I know him more as the Animal 916, personally. That's true. The yep. Animal 916. See, I You're always <laughs> mess up with you get those buzz, get you, man. <laughs> Big Dumb and Dumber feel. All right, we are gonna get kicked off here. We are gonna play Booby da Bop Bop Boop. Is that it? Beep beep Bop Ba. We should probably actually come up with a drop for it. That would probably make sense. That's weird. Now this is more fun. After you back it up, then stop. All right, we are gonna play Get to Know Your Guest. We're gonna get to know Tyler Golding. Troy, we got 10 questions for him. Every week. We're going to turn on the make-believe stop clock to put a little extra pressure on him. Do it fast. Do it good. Answer these questions just like you should. My neck. All right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Troy. All right. Are we ready? Let's do it. Stop clock started. Ready. Go. All right. Heads or tails? Tails. Rock, paper, or scissors? Scissors. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. 
Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Football or beer? Ooh, football. Cool Ranch or classic nacho Doritos? Cool Ranch. MJ or LeBron? LeBron. Batman or Superman? Superman. Madden or Call of Duty? Madden. There it is. That was quick. I think that was one of the quickest guests we've ever had. It's a skill. He's very decisive. I try to like mix it up too. Yeah. Football and beer, those that was I uh, got him. You, you I really got, got me, yeah. He got a little nervous. He started shaking. It's I mean you good. can't really have one without the other. It's true. It's true. It's math. It's science. Alright, I think that's all we got for the opening. I'm excited to get into our topics. So we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight. Um, so we're gonna take a quick break and come back with food court files. All rise, it's time for the Food Court Files. All right, this week for Food Court Files, we are going to be talking about Taco Bell, Mm. which I am very excited about. This is way better than hummus. I'm basically a connoisseur, so I am very prepared for this. I think Taco Bell should bring hummus in. That's the worst thing you've ever said. (laughs) Is that your hot take that you were going to bring up? Yeah, hot take. Taco (laughs) Bell, hummus bowl. That's like a lukewarm take at best. Yeah, you you need to put your hummus in the fridge. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about uh, a whole bunch of things to talk about. First, we're going to start off, what's what's your order? And we're going to start with value menu only. So you got like five bucks. Trey, where are you going? Well, the thing with the value menu, which I've noticed because I've been to a lot of Taco Bells, it depends what city you're in on the prices. Like you're in Roseville, it's like $1.39. You know, you go to Citrus Heights, it's $1.19. So you got to really depend, you know, what change you have on you to see which one you're going to go to. But if I'm going to go value menu only, I'm going to go one to two cheesy bean and rice burritos. They're very filling, very well priced, and they're going to do the job. I'm always, no matter what, even if I'm balling on a budget or if I found 10 bucks in like my pocket or something, I'm always going to get the triple layer nacho. It's, it's my appetizer. I have to have it no matter what. Even if I'm getting a $5 box or a $10 box, you always have to have the triple layer nacho. And the third thing I do, even though it's like basically pointless because it doesn't fill you up at all, you got to get a cheesy roll up. I've always been a cheesy roll up guy. It's like three pieces of cheese and like a mini tortilla, but I don't care. I love it. So that's what I want to do if I'm balling on a budget. Tyler? Troy, you, I see you're a connoisseur as well because our, our, our <laughs> menu are very similar with our orders. Uh, I'm getting the cheesy uh, bean rice burrito, but I'm getting adding beef and I'm grilling it. It's only like 35 cents extra. It makes a whole different change to the burrito. Wait, what? Oh, That's yeah. A thing? Um, so if you're not aware, the Taco Bell has a phenomenal app that you can customize everything. It's basically the best mobile app on the entire iTunes and Google platforms. You can... It shows you recommended uh, add-ons. So here's what most people do when they add on to this. You can grill any burrito. You can make anything supreme. There's so many options you do, and it's significantly cheaper. Why are we even doing the podcast? We should be on this app right now. I'll be right back. It's been been fun, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I'm getting the cheesy bean and rice burrito grilled. Add beef. I'm always going to get the triple layer nachos as well because it's the best deal. You have to. it's, It's basically nachos bel grande. But for like a fourth of the cost. Let's it's go. cheating. Yeah, it's cheating. And by the way, with the app, you can add tomatoes for only 10 cents. Um, and then I'm getting uh, a Baja Blast because you have to have one of those with every drink, with every meal. Uh, and then I'm getting a mini chicken quesadilla. That puts you right around four ninety seven. Those are a little spicy. Yeah, I like spicy. Spooky. <laughs> Zach, well, <laughs> speaking of spicy, do you remember when they did the ghost pepper burritos? Uh, at Taco Bell. I sure do. They also did the volcano burritos, which were even spicier than the ghost pepper. 
Fun fact. It was spicier than that? Because mm-hmm. I, I remember getting the volcano sauce just as like an add-on. That was spicier than the ghost pepper? Because uh, remember, ghost pepper was around for like two weeks, and then everyone's like, yeah, let's not do that again. Yeah, they also had the Reaper most recently, which is the hottest of them, Scoville level-wise, which were, those were legitimately spicy. That's the first thing from Taco Bell I've gotten where I'm like, ooh, that's, that's a little bit much for me. Zach, besides everything on it, what are you going to get when you're balling on the budget? Well, I think you guys covered it. I'm a, I'm a cheesy bean and rice burrito guy. I'll always do that. And then I always do the chips and the nacho cheese because it's super cheap. And it's just like an add-on. I'm always getting... Well, we'll talk about the other thing that I always order. I, I usually just get that as my add-on from that. Because I'm, I'm more of a meal guy. Or maybe the box, which we'll talk about here in a minute. What's in the box? What's in the box? Uh, but yeah, cheesy bean and rice. That's mine. We always get cheesy roll-ups for the kids. And I always end up eating all of them. Because the kids don't eat them for whatever reason. Now... This one's a fringe. It's kind of like in between a ball and on a budget, and I found $10. The Beef Soft Taco. Thoughts? Underrated. I wrote that on my notes. I I think the Beef Soft Taco is really good. I'd rather have the soft taco than the hard taco. Without a doubt. I think the hard taco, just as I always say, is too busy for me. I don't like it. It's all lettuce. Yeah. I like it as a throw-in with the other things. Like if I'm getting a Mexican pizza meal and they're just going to throw in two crunchy tacos, of course, and we're just going to eat those. Well, a lot of the boxes, they do that because you're not going to order them by themselves. They're like, oh, we got to get rid of these shells. <laughs> Put them in the box. <laughs> and not to sound like I'm these pushing These are the same them. shells that came with a store. <laughs> and I don't want to sound like I'm pushing the mobile app, but on the mobile app, you can swap out anything that you don't want. So if you don't like the crunchy taco and your five-layer bar in your, in your box, you can swap it out for a soft taco or chips and cheese or anything like that. It's basically the best invention of all time. Does it modify the price of the box? It does not. Oh, my God. We are learning so much. Why did we wait 35 episodes to have you on? I could have been doing the mobile app for months now. Gosh. Well, you'd be a lot bigger than you are now, too. I don't think that's possible. I was going to say that. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Shots fired. We've been practicing all day. Okay. (laughs) All right. Anything you want, put it on my tab. Zach, put it on... (laughs) Maybe not put it on my tab, but <laughs> Tyler and I will split it. What are you going with? Anything you can get? You're going to need a small business loan. Um, I will. I always go meal when I got like a, a number extra cash. Like if I get it, if I come across like a $20 bill or whatever that nobody else knows about, uh, I'll go meal. Um, I'm, I'm a Mexican pizza meal guy, mostly because I, I love the Mexican pizza, but it also comes with two extra tacos. Isn't it just a pizza there? It's a... <laughs> is Taco Bell really Mexican food? I think so. I think it's more American than anything else that we have. It's dippy. It's as American as apple pie. It's Rio Grande. <laughs> <laughs> now I like Mexican pizza meal, or I'll do Crunchwrap Supreme meal. That's the other one. Those are my two. If I'm gonna get a meal, now there've been other ones in the past that I've that I've liked, but those are the two that I normally go with. Tyler? Oh, I'm going, it's, it's, it's going to cost a lot and I know it, so I rarely do it, but I'm getting the cheesy gordita crunch every time. It's so good. Uh, I'm getting a full chicken quesadilla. That's like the sauce on the chicken quesadilla. I don't know what it is or what else and why it's not on everything, but it is so good. It's the best. It's absolutely best. so much money for, for what it is, but yeah, it's like, I'll pay whatever it costs to get that sauce on anything. It's about four sixty nine if you go to the one. Just give me a napkin and put the sauce on it and I'll eat it. And then I'm getting a quesarito, oh. grilled, because you can, again, grill everything. And I'm getting nacho fries and a large Baja Blast. 
and then I'm being sad for the rest of the day. Or you're really happy. I too. Your toilet's not going to be very happy, but you will be. Can we give a shout out to Taco Bell for inventing the quesarito and allowing me to have it at Chipotle? I didn't know that was even an option or a thing. I want to just meet these people that are in the Taco Bell lab and they're like, all right, we have eight ingredients. What are we coming up with this week, guys? You know what it was? It was probably just, it wasn't in a lab. Probably just one of the people like, oh my gosh, I hate Taco Bell. I work here. Oh, I'm going to do this. <laughs> wow, that was really good. You guys should all do this. Just like corporate goes to a random Taco Bell and mm -hmm. he's like, you look like you eat 400 things from Taco Bell a day. What are you, what, what creations are you coming up with over here? Hey, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> what you got back there? All right. If I'm anything I want, anything I want, I'm going to probably go Crunchwrap Supreme. If I don't go $5 box. Depends what the $5 box is. I'm somewhat picky when I go to Taco Bell, but I'm going to go, if there's no boxes in play, I'm going to go Crunchwrap Supreme. I'm going to get one beef nacho cheese chalupa because I don't know what those shells are on the chalupa, but I would sleep in one without a doubt. And then I'm going to warm up with a triple layer nacho and I'm going to close it with a cinnamon twist with a large Mountain Dew. That's if I'm balling on a budget. I mean, it's not that much, probably like 11, 12 bucks, but I earned nacho it. Nacho cheese chalupa. That's, that's too good. It's got tier. It's, it. it's definitely top five all time. Yeah. I don't even know. Do you remember when they came out with chalupas? Because remember, we got gorditas first. And I was like, well, I guess this is all right. I would say chalupa. Let's and then see. they did, well, we'll just take the gordita. What if we deep fry that? And then give it to them. And they're just like, oh, yeah. Okay, we got something here. I didn't do any research, but I would say I was about 12, so 19, maybe 2001, the chalupa came out-ish. I don't know. I could be wrong. That sounds accurate. It just feels right. Yeah. 12-year-old Troy's like, I want that. <laughs> and he got it. All right, let's talk about the box meals next because we've already pimped it like eight times because I think that's what you have to get. One, because it's $5, but we're still getting a meal. And I think the only thing you're really missing out from the meals, which are like 8 or $9, is the drink size. Is that right? Is that the difference between... Yeah, the, yeah, that's accurate. The, the, we've got a Gordita Crunch box and it comes with like two extra tacos and cinnamon twists and... It's just a small drink, and it's somehow four dollars cheaper. It's a medium drink. It's not a small. Yeah, well, by comparison. Yeah, I think the economists at Taco Bell made a mistake with these back when they first started marketing them. I think they made a bunch of signs that said five dollars, and now they can't go back because no taxi backs. Yeah, it's yeah. the best deal in fast food for sure. Well, I get the five dollar box and then add triple their well, nachos. Obviously, yeah. Stupid! Don't do that. <laughs> But yeah, I really like, I just don't know how sometimes like some of the meals they come up with, how are they going to fit that in the box? And they have to have masking tape. I think that's their game plan when they're trying to put this in or just guys with really good at puzzles. They have a trade school <laughs> where they train everybody how to fit. It's like Jenga specialist. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do like a 500 piece puzzle and it's all white. There's like <laughs> Ikea instructions for the guys that have to put it in the box. You got to put taco A this way. <laughs> taco B has to be up. <laughs> The only downside to the box meals is they use these to introduce their new products. And then once they're out of the box meals, you have to pay the full price and it's devastating. Not if you have the app. <laughs> <laughs> that was Tyler's voice. I'll have the cheesy roll up and I will substitute that for a nacho cheese chalupa. Here's, here's my rewards number. <laughs> they do have a rewards program, by the way. Of course they do. I can't wait to download the app in about three to four minutes. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the items of the past because 
A couple of these lasted forever, and I'm not sure why they went away. I'm sure there's some sort of reasoning for it, but can we get a quick moment of silence for the double-decker? I mean, that's as long as I can be quiet, but it was such a good item. That was my go-to. So, like, you guys, for your value menu, I would just get, like, two double-deckers. Well, it's not like they had the other stuff. Yeah, there's no reason it should be off the menu. Everything that's in it is just a Taco Bell staple. It's not like there's some special sauce. It's beans, a soft tortilla, and a taco. They have that constantly. It makes no sense, and I'm devastated. Maybe it was, like, cross-contamination or something. Cross-modification? Yeah. There's too many bears in the kitchen. That makes me sad. That was my favorite thing on the on the menu for That's something so simple, and it was it's been it was around forever, and they just wanted to crush my soul. There's not a lot of other ones that I remember that aren't on there because all the ones I like are still there. So, is there anything you? Oh yeah. So they had for uh, a little bit of time. It was probably a little bit before your time, Troy. But it was I'm guessing early 80s <laughs> <laughs> no late late night like early to mid 90s they had a thing called the chili cheese burrito which in short was called the cholito and it was basically just a tortilla filled with chili and cheese and it was phenomenal it was the best chili it was so so good and they had it for i don't know a solid six years and then all of a sudden it was gone and they never talked about it and every time you'd ask about it they would never they said we don't we don't do that anymore makes me sad it was probably because the chalupa came in it might have been the chalupa and you know what that's a fair trade-off i'm, yeah. I'm not uh, if, if i have to give up my chalita to get a chalupa it's fair i think that's good now the enchurito is something that i used to get all the time and that was just it was basically an enchilada but just in and it came in its own little tiny box triple air nacho box yeah it's the tiny little box and they would have like just an ungodly amount of melted cheese over the top of it and it was about a pound of sauce as well. There was so yeah. much red sauce on it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Came with a straw. But that went away as well. That was one of uh, Heather's favorites. She would always get that. I, th- I like the thing that they're doing right now is they're kind of like pimping the ride with the nacho fries. Like, you want some fries? Oh, no. <laughs> you can't have them for a month. All right. Now they're back. Now they're $7. I like the Originally seasoning. a $5 box item. They got me. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting. I'm not not getting the nacho box if it's there. And they're 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 a fringe too. They're not value and they're not like superly overpriced. They're right in the like two dollar range, so you're probably gonna get them. I'm team nacho fries for sure. And every time they come, I get so excited because I, <laughs> I get notifications <laughs> from Taco Bell that tells me when they get products in or out. Uh, I'm in the know. Hey Tyler, we haven't seen you a couple days. We got nacho fries. Come on down. <laughs> I don't know what spices they say it's Mexican spices that they put on them, but whatever that combination is of cumin or chili powder, it is so good. I agree. I, I think they do a really good job for a quote Mexican food place. They do really good with French fries. Yeah, they're really good. They're a little too potatoey for Vito, but yeah, they're good. All right, let's talk about the f- let's talk about Baja Blast first because it'll lead me into the next one that's there. That was a game changer. It's the best drink. They at took Taco something Bell. that we obviously love because it's half of the half of the contents of a spicy special, and they just tweaked it. Now they did it. They did uh, Code Red first. Mountain Dew did, which we have a good Code Red story. Trey, you want to tell that Great one? Great Code Red story. So we're on a plane with my good buddy Jordan, and my mom goes ahead and jokes around with them. And goes. 
hey, Jordan, I know you love Code Red Mountain Dew. You should order it here on the airplane. <laughs> he orders it all excited. And she's like, yeah, we don't have that. And it, he turned so red and fat. It was awesome. <laughs> so we started with that. We had a couple others. And then as a Taco Bell exclusive, they come up with Baja Blast, which is just like the slightest, ever so slight tweak to it. I don't know what's in it or what's different, but it's just amazing. Yeah, it's like a tropical Mountain Dew, and it's blue, like very vibrant blue, and it is absolutely delicious, and it's exclusive to Taco Bell, and it's, it's not fair. I wish I could have it every day. I think that's what makes it so good is, is the exclusivity of it. Can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Now, that leads me into the freezes, because the only thing better than Baja Blast Mountain Dew is a Baja Blast freeze, which is basically a slushy with the Baja Blast Mountain Dew in it. But they have other flavors as well. They pimp it during the two to five window where you get like $2 drinks or whatever. It's called happy hour. Very happy hour. Mm -hmm. Nice thing is you can go from that happy hour to like another happy hour, which leads us into the next thing. There we go. (laughs) You like that? It's called (laughs) a segue, folks. No, that's what Paul Blart drove. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Taco Bell Cantina, which we recently got downtown. None of us have been. We've read really good things. Just cut out the middleman. Yeah. Get drunk while you're eating Taco Bell. Yeah, if we're at Taco, De- Taco Bell, there's a good chance that we've already been drinking. So we might as well keep the party going and let us drink while we're at Taco Bell. Absolutely. And I, 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 know, I think they're a little more upscale, too. I feel like the decor is a little better. The, the, the chairs are better. Yeah, they actually clean the tables. It's great. It's weird. And you can get a you can get rum in your Baja Blast. That's, that sounds amazing, and I, I want that. That's the dream right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many times have you probably done that yourself? Most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> You're the passenger in the car. It's okay. <laughs> no one judges. All right. I think that's all we have for food. We're going to, we just want to do a quick shout out to whoever does the ad campaigns for Taco Bell. They've just nailed it. Like since we were kids, starting with the Taco Bell dog. Yeah. The Chihuahua. You get a Taco Bell. So easy, so simple. It's something you're always going to remember, whether you know what it means. Yeah. And it's, and As a kid, as an adult, I still don't. But they used to give away the little stuffed animal. You could push the foot, and it it would say this slogan. It's it just brilliant marketing campaign. All right, and then whoever came up with these two slogans is probably a millionaire, living on a beach somewhere. But think outside the bun. It's just classic. Brilliant. Top five ad of all time. Very good. Only behind the other person that, that came up with the idea of fourth mail. It's it's the problem we didn't know we had that had to be solved, and it's it's perfect. It, it, it applies to everything that you want on Taco Bell at that time and that hour, and it, it checks every box. It just makes you know some of us feel better, too, that have been eating four meals for years. Like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> cool. They just renamed dinner, too. It's great. I love it. Everything about it. Now, I have some slogans that didn't make the cut. <laughs> this is what we're uh, here for, folks. Taco Bell. They threw these four back to me, but I thought that they were good. The first one is Ding Dong Taco On. That one <laughs> <laughs> did not make the cut. Um, number two, Saved by the Taco Bell. That did not make the cut. If you like it, Shorty, put a taco on it. That one came back. And the fourth one, Taco Baby, one more time. <laughs> All four of those did not. I feel like you just cut. took song names and <laughs> substituted taco for like the word baby. <laughs> Same thing we do with Fiza. I'm a big fan of Ding Dong Taco <laughs> On. That's that's got to be. That's why I put that's got to be reconsidered. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be reconsidered. 
I'm in conversations right now at the ad agency, but we'll see. You and the Taco Bell dog have been talking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he keeps saying the same thing every time I push his foot, though. It's ridiculous. All right, I think that's all we got for Taco Bell. We're going to take a quick back, quick break and come back and remember that thing. Man, I'll tell you what, Zach. I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm too. I wish we had some fresh roasted coffee. When I get my fresh roasted coffee, I like to get it from Fruit of the Bean. I love Fruit of the Bean. It is fresh roasted right after you order. It's not sitting in some warehouse somewhere. Not only that, is they give a lot back to the community. Yeah, they give back by helping orphans and those affected by human trafficking. Those are two good things, helping others and getting coffee. Now, the other cool thing is if you use the promo code SPIVY, finally, we have my name as a promo code, you get 25% off your first order. That's big news. So go ahead, go to Fruit of the Bean and get your coffee today. Hey, remember that thing? The moon landing. Jazz. Trapper keepers. Manners. Alf. Sunny D. Yeah, I remember those things. All right, this week for Remember That Thing, uh, we're talking about something from our, not childhood, but it's it could be long enough ago that it was a childhood. We're talking about beer pong this week. One of my favorite games that I've ever played. Should be an Olympic sport. It should be an Olympic sport. I'd watch it. Only if they have beer in the cups, though. Agreed. Don't go water in the cups. That's not beer pong. That's water pong. It's a different thing. Stupid. It's a different game. Are we at Dave and Buster's? All right, first we're going to give a breakdown of what beer pong is. If you are not familiar with the game, um, basically you play on two sides of a table. Each side has 10 red solo cups um, in the shape of a triangle, one in the front, four in the back, equaling a total of 10 cups. Um, The cups are filled with a little bit of water or beer, depending on the rules you're playing. And we'll we'll debate that here in a little bit. you play in two-person teams, um, two on each side of the table. Unless it's like late at night and there's only two people still awake, <laughs> then that's that's a whole other story later in this episode. So, so each player gets a ball. Um, if you make it in the cup, the other team has to drink either a side beer if you're playing with water or the beer that's in the cup, and then you pull the cup out, and the first team to make the other team's cups go away wins the game. But there's a million different rules everywhere no matter what house you're at whatever what party you're at the rules are always different so that's why house rules are so important and we'll kind of go over the rules that the house that we played most at had zach's house yeah we had a lot of fun we we took our house rules very seriously and we went through them very vigilantly when new people came over to play we also wrote them on the whiteboard that was in the kitchen just so that People knew we weren't making up the house rules. Well, that's one of the biggest struggles with beer pong is that everybody has their unique house rules. And if you go to play somebody else's turf and the rules aren't established, you can get... Because this is a very strategic game. It's almost like chess. And if you get caught without knowing the rules and you lose, it's a devastating thing. So we were very conscious about making sure everybody was very aware of our rules at every given time. Anytime someone come up, we had the courtesy to let them know, hey, here's something that you know you might want to know. It's Would- like It's like playing Monopoly... And then sometimes you'll play and free parking is just free parking. And sometimes you start, there's a pile of money in the middle. If you land on free parking, you get all the money. It's just different depending on who you play with. It doesn't make the game wrong. It just, it's just different. 
people like to play different ways. I think I would play chess if every time you lost a piece, you had to take a drink. <laughs> Could you imagine the end of that? <laughs> that would be fun. That's a lot of pieces because I'm not very good at chess, so I'd be drunk real quick. Checkmate, blackout. <laughs> All right, let's go through our house rules um, just to get everyone on page with what you should be playing because I think these are the best rules. We've played it a lot of different places. I like the way that we had it set up. I thought it was competitive. Um, so first rule... Elbows behind the edge of the table. None of this lean over the table nonsense where you're basically like... Laying to lay up, yeah. yeah. Finger roll. No yeah. running head start, Will Chamberlain layup free throws. It's behind the line. That's yeah. the rules. We're all short guys, so we, we don't like... <laughs> we, we don't have that advantage. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we came up with that one. No go-go gadget arms That's in right. this game. Now, if you do elbows over the table, you are at risk of getting a nickname for the rest of your life. Shout out to Mike McCleary, who I, I don't think, I think that's the first time I've ever called him that. He is in my phone as Johnny Elbows, and he will forever be known as Johnny Elbows because he is a habitual line crosser with the elbow. Yep. Johnny Elbows, doctor, Johnny Do- Elbows, Got his Bows, doctor. Dr. Lawrence Bows, DDS. That's how it, that's how it evolves. Let's go back to setting up, though. We put beer or water in the cups. It's a very important distinction. We didn't um, discover the <laughs> great idea of putting water in the cups that um, until an embarrassing long amount of time. Uh, probably, probably a solid seven to ten years of playing beer pong with just beer every single time. And that ball would hit the ground, and we'd pick the ball up and just make it in the cup. And then now whatever is on the ground is now in your cup, and you're drinking ground beer. Hey, we dipped the ball in water. That somewhat cleaned it. Got we it. did have a side water cup, and that's what you got to do. That, the, the worst part of the night is the next morning when you wake up and you see the, the the water cup that is used to clean the balls, and there is just organisms. There is wildlife in those cups. It is... A third of Vito's dog. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, how many beers are you putting aside when you're playing? I know we talked about this a little bit off air. I said the average range would probably be one to three, but if you're playing in a large party, let's say, how many are you putting on a side? You got to go two beers. Um, you got to think about the longevity of the night. This is beer pong. If, if you're not familiar, is a game that lasts hours. It's not a short thing. It's not something. It's actually very much like Monopoly in that in that way. In that you're going to be playing this all night. Is usually if if somebody doesn't know what it is, they're going to jump in and want to play. So if you're going three beers aside, you're not in it for the long for the long run. You're going to run out of beers quick, and then now you're now you're having to get an Uber to get a to go to the you know gas station or something like that. So we've think- never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I I'm a three beers a side guy, but it also depends on how many beers we're starting the night with. If we've prepared and we are aware that we're playing beer pong that night, we've got more than enough Miller Lights or Coors Lights or whatever we got. Now that's the thing that's very important: type of beer you're pouring in. If you're drinking, let's say, like a Lagunitas IPA. For one, you shouldn't be playing beer pong. But for two, you're probably only going to put two max. Oh, yeah. You're having a bad time. Those are very you, filling. You better not get hot. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah, because you're basically taking shots of beer for the majority of the night. So let's say... Depending on how many games you play. So those that haven't played beer pong, if let's say there's two beers combined in your 10 cups, you and your teammate are each going to drink five if you lose or close to that if you win by only a few cups. So you're drinking almost a whole beer every game. And the games only last anywhere where depending who's playing from five to 10 minutes. So you're drinking a beer basically every 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and the game stack up quick. If you, <laughs> the, one of the major rules of beer pong is if you win, you keep playing. 
Um, so if you go on a little winning streak, you're, you're pounding four or five beers real quick in an hour. Yeah. Oh, real quick. And then if you're going three beers, aside, it's a beer and a half a game and it, it skills very quickly. And as, as, as <laughs> your, your skill level slowly diminishes as, as the night goes on, not in your head, but no, like no. everyone else can see it. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> Mine slowly increases to a point and then it falls off a cliff. <laughs> it's like a parabola. Yeah. I made 10 straight. I just missed the table four in a row. <laughs> Zach, wake up. <laughs> All right. Next house rule past elbows. Balls back. So if each player on the team makes a cup, they get the balls back and they get another turn rather than it going to the other side. Now that def- that changes depending on where you're playing. I've played it where you don't get that. I've got it. Well, I've played two where if you both make it, you get one shot back. Hmm. That's the we'll talk about it later. That's the tournament rules. And that's I like, a good camp compromise, I guess. I like that, and I, and I like the getting rewarded because it's it, it's not it's it's rare that, that happens. It usually happens maybe once a game where you both make the cup and you get the balls back. I've seen, which is a pretty popular rule, is the explosion rule, which I think is the dumbest rule in beer pong. If you both make the same cup every single cup that is touching, touching that cup, it cup. basically ends the game on the first shot. And I think that's a especially if you cool. make the middle one, yeah, <laughs> aka the amateur cup. We'll talk about that in a yeah, minute we'll. here. So, so when we play, when we make the same cup, you get three cups. Yeah, that's our yeah. standard rule. That's normal rules, I think. Most places I've played, same cup. But two, you have to de- there's two different ways to play it, too. Some people, when you make it, they pull the cup. Yeah. See, we never did. We took the ball out so the ball is not bouncing off the other ball, which is, which, is, you do. <laughs> which is normal house rules. But let's say, like I said, again, we're kind of pimping it, but tournament rules, if you make the cup, they pull the the cup, so you can't make the same one. Mm. So again, a lot of different house rules. Oh, it's 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 a fun game. Now the other rule that we have is basically NBA Jam rules, where if you personally make three in a row, you get to shoot till you miss. It's, it's the best, but you have to you have to make sure you announce it. So if you make one cup, you're you're heating up, or no, two, you you have to make two, two consecutive. So you make one. You're good. You make the second one. You have to announce that you are heating up. Or it does not count. It does not count. And then, no. as we talk about this out loud, this is a very silly game. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. We're very serious. There's like RPG this. elements about this. This is fantastic. So yeah, if you make two in a row, you're heating up. And then if you make that third one, you are on fire. And once that turn ends, you get to shoot till you miss. And a game can change very quickly if somebody gets on fire. And the thing is, too, if you're on fire but your team gets balls back, you got to shoot fire first. Yeah, Always fire first. Yeah, it's like if somebody gets a birdie when you're playing golf, that guy has to tee off first. It's the same rules for, for that. Makes total sense. It's totally legit. Yeah, it's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then another normal rule, um, two re-racks. So as you're making the cups, you're going to get some weird configurations as they're pulling the cups. So to make it fair, you can re-rack the cup design twice during the game. I feel like that's pretty standard. I've played some where it's one. I've played some where it's three, which is pretty outrageous. Well, and the major reason you want to do this is because the the cups stop touching as you start making them. Some cups get pulled, and it makes it harder to make them. So when you rebuttal, or I'm sorry, when you re-rack, the whole purpose is to get the cups so they're touching so you have a better chance of making them. It's all for the purpose of, of speeding up the game so you can get, again, more games in. Now, bouncing is another very contra- controversial rule. It's uh, for our house rules, as soon as the ball touches the table or the cup, 
you could swat it away. Some is not like that. Now, most of them, if you bounce it and it goes in, you get two cups. That was our rules. That was the rule, but... We could block. most. We could block. Most, most house rules, you can't block, and then there's somewhere you can't block, and if it bounces, goes in, it's just one cup. Bouncing was one of my favorite aspects of beer pong. You catch people sleeping, and then you automatically, you know, you get that in, that's two cups. If somebody else makes it, and you bounce it, and then you're going to, like, bonus three or four cups. It's It, it, it changes the game. Um, and to make sure people stay on their toes. And then the swatting of balls is the most fun thing in beer pong. Um, and especially when people aren't expecting it, um, like you explain the house rules and they come over and they're used and they're like doing their big art. Cause it gives you a better chance of making it. And you just swat the ball across the room and you make them go get it. Oh, it just hits them in the head. It's and just, the ball's just covered in Otis hair. It's fantastic. Swatting is it's, it's such a great, it, it, it's like, like I said, it's like Emmy jam. We, the way we play it's, it's, you're just huge, Huge swats where the ball just goes flying. It's just such a great feeling. People look at us and they don't think that we're athletes. But, I mean, after talking about this, there's no way you can deny that we are. Without a doubt. Now, one of the dangers of swatting, though, is you could swat one of your own cups over. And as soon as that cup falls over, that counts as a make for the other team. And uh, I'm very guilty of this. I do this way too much. Is I would swat not just one. It would usually be two or three cups. Because I would just aggressively want to swat that ball off the table just to make a statement. And sometimes that statement is, we're bad at this game. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, I think, the, I think the last house rule that we have, oh no, we've got it. We've got a couple. Um, we play the troll. If you do not make any cups personally, you have to sit under the table during the next game. Shame. You got to put the, it's a shame. It's a shame move. It's just shame. basically putting on a dunce hat. Yeah. 100%. Now, I have played in a game with a double troll. Have you ever played in a game with a double troll? I don't. I don't I don't think I have. That's that's devastating. You have to just retire at that point. I did once. It was with Justin Timberlake and who's the other gal? <laughs> Dang, I wish I would have prepped more for that joke. <laughs> Dang it. I can't think Anna of Kendrick. it. There you go. You would get that. I saved your joke. Set you up. Now, the most, I think, looking at this, the most controversial rule of any party that you go to is the rebuttal. Yeah, 100%. So when the last cup is made, no matter, well, there's some games where they just end it automatically, but when the last cup is made, the other team has a chance to rebut and keep the game going. And these are where the rules get tricky. Tyler, you want to break down some of the different ones you've seen? Yeah, I get a, these are, these are some of these are controversial because it, it, it makes a big difference on what's happening in the game. So the biggest rebuttal rule, your standard one is that, um, when somebody is, you know, basically in the position where they're going to lose the game, they get a they get a rebut, and their move is if you make one cup, they're back in the game, and everything continues on. Um, but the way we like to play is we don't like to reward people for losing. So if you get a rebuttal, sure you can rebut, but you have to make every single cup on the field remaining. To one stay in miss, the game. game over. Game's over. Yeah, each player gets a ball. They each shoot till they miss. If they can get all the cups. Then it goes to an overtime. Three cups is usually overtime. Now, the other rule that we played, because there's the possibility of getting multiple cups, either two at a time or in the same cup, if the other team ends in negative cups. So if you make in the same cup when there's two or one left, the game's just over. You don't get a rebuttal. 
that was another house rule that we made up. Yeah, balls back. You have nothing to shoot at. Game over. Yeah, we played a we played a fair but harsh game. We don't we don't reward losing. We make sure winning is celebrated. You come with that A game, or you're gonna leave 100 beer and a half in your stomach and not very <laughs> happy. And another rule is, when you win, the other team has to drink the beer that's left in your cups. So let's say they have nine cups left over. There's they're drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> Again, we punish. Especially if you did three beers. Yeah, you pun- You get punished for losing in this game. It's great. It's- you could literally play one game and drink three beers. Yeah. In in a five-minute period. So, again, as, as the night goes on, you can see how the scales very quickly. Yeah, if, if you're losing with nine cups on the other team, it was a very quick game. Yeah, you're, you're not putting your name on the list for a little bit. <laughs> if you are, it's getting erased by your partner real quick. All right, let's talk about some of the weirder rules that we've seen. I've got two written down. One was a weird rule that we came up that was a house rule. I don't know. We'll have to explain the the origination of this rule. And then the other one I've seen just at different parties. Um, I went to Minnesota on like a work trip, and we ended up playing beer pong, and they had this rule here. It's called death cup. So if somebody makes the cup, you have to drink the beer, but if you're still holding on to that beer and somebody makes it in that beer that you're holding, the game's just over. I think that's pretty standard. But a lot of games, you have to drink the beer before you shoot your next shot. So again, Those a lot... Those were always the rules we played. That's why we never had Death Cup. A lot of different, like we said, a lot of different rules, a lot of different houses, a lot of different parties we've been to in the years. And it's fun too, is again, you learn these different house rules and you have to, it's like, it's, you're playing the same game, but it's like a different version of the game. So it just makes it so it's fresh and you can constantly, as you can see, there's so many rules that you can adjust and change. It just makes it a very versatile and fun game. It's like playing at a different stadium in MLB. You know, you got to, you know, there's a big fence out and right, you know, you got to change up the swing, hit more line drives. It's just, you got to bring it. Now let's talk about my favorite rule that we invented, and I don't know where this came about. I think it was in response to, I want to say we were playing Alex Fastovich. I think that's exactly that where it came correct. from. That's absolutely correct. Why don't you explain the rule that we're talking about here, Tyler? So this is a, it, it, it's a rule where we basically, me and Zach were very uh, common teammates. We were, we were one of the greater teams of all time, and we took a lot of pride in shaming and embarrassing the teams we played against so we would be very surgical and you know have them call out what cup we're going to make and and all that so uh, we got to a point where we didn't like making the easy cup so we'd always go for the front cup because it's the hardest cup to make it's the closest there's no margin for error if it bounces it's usually flying off the table so when we're playing against alex we made a rule that if you make the front cup you have to announce um you'd say f that front cup um obviously f is a and you have to flip it off. Yes. Without a doubt. And it, it became a spite thing um, every time. And if you didn't announce it, the cup didn't count. <laughs> and <laughs> again, refilled the beer, put it back up front. These rules, this is a silly game. I didn't realize how silly this game is now as, our, as, we're, as, we're, older, as we're older human beings. This is, why are we talking about it out loud in our 30s? This is great. <laughs> I but love it, it. Another thing, too, that we didn't talk about, the different, when you're re-racking the different formations oh. that you had. So there's different ways you can set up the cups that are favorable to you trying to make it, and there's some that are just kind of like taunting your teammates. So let's kind of talk about some of those formations. Tyler, what were some of your favorite? Let's say you got down anywhere from three to five cups. What oh, were yeah. some of the formations you liked? Um, so a lot of people like the stoplight. It's a three, Basically, it looks like three cups in a straight row, which I like that because I'm a straight shooter. So I like I like going for those. The problem with that is if you make the middle cup, then you've got two cups not touching. 
So it's kind of a little bit of a bummer. Two final cups. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites was always uh, basically a diamond with one in the front. Um, and diamond plus one. Diamond plus one. It, it came, it, we had so many also iterations. Also known as the sword. Yeah, also known as the Steve Irwin, and then known as the Irwin comma Steve, and then finally just the comma. And then if you add two, it's the kite. Yeah, it's just, yeah, th- those are really solid ones. Um, the play button's a really good one because you can get two in a row and one on the side. That's that's a good one. Again, this is, it's, it's the not. The diamond. Yeah, this the, this is the reason, these reasons that we're talking about is the reason <laughs> this is the best drinking game. Flip cup, all you're doing is you're drinking and flipping. There's, there's not a lot of variables and, and changes. You're just flipping a cup. This there's, there's so many different ways to make this game exciting and interesting. There's one game that we did play for a couple weeks that was a blast was baseball. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a fan of baseball. <laughs> that was hard. You could steal. That was a lot of drink. Yeah. All right. Sidebar. Sorry. Back to formations. I, the most disrespectful re-rack of all of them, we came across this one on accident. Tyler and I were playing. We made all of the middle cups. So the only ones left were the three corners of the triangle. Well, I don't know why we didn't re-rack before that. We normally would have, but I think we were just up by like a million. So it's just the three corners and we called it the Bermuda Triangle. Because we were, we were struggling to hit it. it was, I mean, it, the way this game works is you're throwing a ball across the table and trying to make it a cup. So when you have three cups that are distantly separated from each other, it makes your perception uh, really hard to make it into where you're trying to go. And you're, There's no leeway. No air. Yeah. No margin of air at all. So it's not an accident. So if we got up real big, we would re-rack into Bermuda Triangle. People won't know what we were talking about. We're like, no, just spread them out <laughs> like through the corners. <laughs> We're just going to make the three hardest shots possible to beat you because we don't respect you. (laughs) All right. So another house rule, especially at Zach and Vito's house, was you had to have a team name and you had to get up on the board to see the order of which you played. It's basically like, I'm going to put my lunch pail in this box and I'm up next on Foursquare. So what are some of the most creative names that you guys were and that you've seen? I only had one. I was at a Halloween party. I was dressed like a lion and my buddy was Luigi. So we were the green lion all night, which was fun. And like I mentioned before, me and Zach were very common teammates. We, we, he was probably, if I've played, I don't know, a thousand games of beer pong, he's been my partner at least 900 of those times. Uh, and we have a very high win percentage. We're thinking probably 85, 90%. So we were a very solid team. Uh, and because of that, you know, we came up with some really good team names. Um, my favorite was Block by Divock. Um, and again, that comes from the aggressive manner in which we'd swap the balls. Um, and then what was your other favorite one, Zach? The other one that we, I think we used this one more is like a road name. Like Block by Divock was more of like a, that was our home team. Like we're on our side of the table that we liked at my house. But if we're traveling, we would be three fast, three furious. Not too fast, too furious. No, Not three one fast, fast three furious. furious. That's right. Well, one more. The best part about the block by Divock name was every time we'd swap the ball, we would both shout as loud as humanly possible, <laughs> block by Divock! Even if you guys weren't in the game. So good. <laughs> like you guys had just arrived. There wasn't even a swat. <laughs> just yell it. We did a lot of peacocking. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on pee. <laughs> All right, let's let's cover the. Re- I think we'll just finish with the Reno tournament. So we played. I got a Tyler story we can talk about after the Reno tournament. Let's do the Tyler story first, and we'll finish with the Reno tournament. All right, so a lot of games at Zach's house were parties, and they'd start anywhere once the Best Buy crew got off work. So usually like ten to eleven, so a little bit of a late start. Depending so, on the night of the week, yeah. Yeah, like Tuesdays we'd start a little later. We'd close at nine. <laughs> the closers would be off at nine thirty. We start seeing people ten or eleven. Yeah, we had a lot of free time back then. <laughs> 
So anyways, they had this beanbag chair thing in their front room. And it was probably like 2.30 at night. I had played a couple games. I was 21, mom. And uh, (laughs) I had a few drinks. It might have been a big gulp of Spivey Special. And I'm just passed out because I was so tired on the beanbag chair. And all of a sudden I wake up and Tyler's playing one-on-one. I think it was two to three beers a side with this guy i think that we had just met that night anyway so it's just the two of them zach and everyone else that lives there is asleep i'm asleep on the couch i think jordan's asleep on the other couch all of a sudden i hear this big racket and all of a sudden tyler's like wrestling with this guy (laughs) all the cups are flying everywhere the table gets pushed against the wall and they're literally wrestling on the ground so i get up i walk in and tyler's just like on top of this guy and Tyler goes, you good? He's like, yeah, I'm good. And then, like, they put the table back, and they continued to play, I want to say. It was, like, one of the most ridiculous. I'm like, am I dr- I might have been dreaming, but it was so good. It's a passionate game, and I'm passionate <laughs> about it. And if you get to 1v1 at the end of the night, that's the degenerate hours. You're not playing. Yeah. It, yeah it's that's last call. Yeah. You're I, betting on Little League games, basically. That's the kind of degenerate <laughs> you are. I, I think the major takeaway is that I am far too competitive, and I take this game very seriously basically all right let's finish with the reno tournament we'll do it quick because we're going a little long on time here but so for troy's bachelor party bachelor party one bachelor party one we went to reno which was a lot of fun we'll probably tell that story we got to do batting practice in the reno aces stadium like it was a really cool trip but one of the things that we did one of the nights is we played in a beer pong tournament at harris at harris against all the locals that apparently play all the time every night Tyler and I were we're a little out of practice at this point. It was kind of sad. This is like later on. This is our like this is our last hurrah, basically. This was five years ago. Oh boy. Yeah. That was a long time. It was ago. a long time ago. But it was still like, and was that in, was past our prime then. Yeah. So. It, it was in the twilight of our careers. <laughs> so we get up there. We played a tournament. I think we played Bunny and whoever his partner was. Yeah. But you know, yeah. And if you hear the music, you know we're gonna dance. It doesn't matter how how long we're out of the game. And we, we came in very confident because, again, we've got a very long track history, uh, you know, almost a decade long of just being phenomenal at this. Uh, in the first game, we, we did very good. We beat Bunny and his partner. Blindsided by the rules, though. Oh. Like, we finally played. It's like one of those things like where you pull out the rules for, like, Uno, and you're like, oh, that's what we're supposed to do? Oh, what? okay. <laughs> you mean yeah. you don't have to say F that front cut? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> Yeah, you can lean over the table. You can bounce it without blocks. You have to. You can re-rack mid-turn. You can. It was wild. It's basically everything opposite of what we did. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no beer in the cups. It was just water. So we were very confused. So when you sign up for this tournament, there's anywhere if you've never played in one of these tournaments, um, twenty to twenty-five teams. So it's twenty dollars each to get in. But when you do sign up, you get two tickets for two pitchers. I I say pitchers with quotes around them. They're really like large soda cups two pitchers of Miller Lite so you can drink those on the side if you want and it's it's pretty good <laughs> so yeah we did our job we 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 matched up against our friends the first round who are also in the bachelor party we ended up being yeah. about half the teams in the tournament because there was a pretty good amount of people yeah so we're feeling at good. your bachelor party yeah we're feeling real good we're feeling really good we advanced to one of the later rounds and we played against one of those local Reno guys that they just do this all the time and we got absolutely flooded we started hot, like we made our first like three. Oh, feeling good. And the guys just like, 
like he was a hustler. Yeah, just nonchalantly just made cup after cup after cup. And 20 bucks a cup? All right. <laughs> just destroyed us. So It's we're, basically Uncle Phil yeah. and Fresh Prince when he brings out. When he hustles the guy at the pool. Mm-hmm. At the pool hall. Yeah. So we're feeling a little, a little down, a little upset. Again, we're very competitive. So I was taking a little hard. I was a little upset and mad. And we look over and our friends that were also at this, this bachelor party were just beaming happy. And one specifically, our friend Bunny, Matt, looks at me and he, he it's like he's seven feet tall and he looks at me with this big smile on his face and with his hands he waves and he goes across we could you could hear it from probably outside the casino and he goes bye bye and i've never been i don't think i've ever been so mad in my entire life it, 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 didn't it like, i just tell a story where you tackled and wrestled a guy at three o'clock in the morning i'm learning a lot about my youth i've, I've this is <laughs> that's the story we could tell on podcast oh yeah oh yeah yeah these, yeah these are just the the pg versions yeah yeah so but yeah he and he he just the way he said it it, it stung like a dagger to me and i, I just, remember the moment like it was yesterday oh i, I could hear i heard my nightmares it was it was devastating and in in the way he said it was such pride it it almost ruined the the whole trip for me it made the trip for me so i mean that's like you know opposites there but i've played in this tournament a couple of times it's been at different casinos and all that but it's the same people every time i probably played in it five times and the same people win it every week and it's like regulars against the tourists they just come and boat race all the tourists i think the best i've ever done is sarah and i we went three and two because it's a double elimination tournament sarah and i we played a regular first round boat raced and then we got three tourist couples in a row in the losers bracket and then we ran into the eventual winner but i think three and two is the best i've ever done in one of those bad boys yeah we had a lot of fun that was good i haven't played in a while zach when was the most recent time you played beer pong i think the last time that oh i know the last time that <laughs> i played because it might be the last time i even play unless we like <laughs> throw it together in like a camping trip or something or for Gigi's party tomorrow yeah i think Gigi wanted to play beer pong she's saying it on twitter it was weird uh it was at um it was at bunny's house somehow you made up and we're playing beer pong again we're at bunny's house it's a halloween party so we're all dressed up i'm dressed i'm dressed like uh the the kool-aid guy guy. jake from state farm Mm. and uh we were playing and they were, they were doing water in the cups so we had to do side beers and i had i didn't know what we were going to be doing there so i brought torpedoes with me which is it's a rookie move yeah that was bad i didn't know that was going to be going on so that's my side beer and we were playing pretty well so we're winning and i'm like cocky drinking these beers and this is well past my prime of staying up late and this is jordan and the wizards pong. yeah this is no, this is Jordan owning the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> this is Charlie Bobcat's owner, Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, and we had a couple secret shots, and it was a long night. Long story short, I ended up throwing up in Heather's car, and I am no longer allowed to play beer pong. So makes sense. And I kind of don't really want to. <laughs> I'm kind of past that point. Which is sad. It was such a fun time of our. Uh, I would play in you- like a friendly. We had a good family run. type thing, but I wouldn't go to like a party. No, no, we had a good run. I think high school party or anything like that and play. No. <laughs> Maybe. All right, I think that's all we got for that. Um, God, I love beer pong. It's so fun. Such a good game. I wish we were in those times right now. <laughs> like I talk about this all the time, kind of like with poker. I'd play poker if no money was online. I just enjoy playing it. Beer pong. I would play beer pong. 
Got love for the game, baby. Without really drinking as much as we used to. Absolutely. Cut it in half. Yeah. Beer aside. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. One in my left, one in my right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got for Remember That Thing. We'll take a quick break and we will come back with Sports Chuck. Do you like the sweet taste of Mountain Dew? Do you like your vodka to be both inexpensive and flavored like melons? Then have we got a beverage for you. From the minds of the host of the wildly popular podcast that shares its name, we bring you the Spivey Special. One part Mountain Dew, three to four parts Burnett's Watermelon Vodka. 100% fun. Drink one at your next party or at 3 a.m. playing Halo 3. Please enjoy responsibly. Sports Jug with the Spivey Brothers. Cubs are good. Get the ball to big country. Generic soccer take. All right, that's enough. I'm out of breath. All right, this week for Sports Jog, we are going to be talking about wrestling. It's our yeah. second sport of the show. Yeah, we got two of them in. Two borderline <laughs> sports. <laughs> They're fringe. So we want to talk about wrestling. What I like about wrestling, other than like the the flying action moves and all that kind of stuff, but it's more like a soap opera, but for for dudes. There's a lot of action stories, but it's weird like a soap opera where they're like, this person has amnesia, and then, but wrestling's like, all right, this guy's an undertaker now, and then we just, we're just gonna run with it. Oh yeah, and it's the longest running like episodic television. It's on every single week, twice a week, live episodes and new episodes. It's incredible. And they somehow, you know, weave in awesome flips along with, uh, you know, someone giving birth to a glove. <laughs> I'm glad that came up on yeah. the show. It's just one of those things, like when we would watch it when we were little, we would hate to miss an episode. Not because we'd miss the matches, but we'd miss the plot. Yeah. I think that's the most important like, thing. This guy's feuding with this guy now? Oh, okay. And Wait. he'd have to like get caught up on it. Wait a minute. This guy's attacking this guy at the hospital, but I didn't even know he was hurt. <laughs> How's that doctor letting him get in? I think, though, the reason that I like wrestling so much, number one, like we talked about, was the storylines. Number two, the signature moves that they have and the way that they sold them. And number three, obviously, was the Divas. Stacey Keebler, Trish Status, Lita, all of them. Musty TV. Yeah. yeah, those are definitely my favorite. Now, for signature moves and for finishers, because if, if you don't watch a lot of wrestling, basically, all the other moves don't really mean anything. They're not, never going to end a match. Each person has their own little special move that only they do that has some weird name. And that's how the match ends. And it's really exciting. And somehow they just keep coming up with new ones, even been the, even though they've been doing wrestle, wrestling since Abraham Lincoln, who is technically in the WWE Hall of Fame. So I believe it. The best matches are when they do a finisher and then they kick out and then the other guy does the finisher or the other guy has to do his finisher again because this guy's so tough. He took six finishers to get him down. It's called a false finish. So it's what really gets you invested because you get so excited and then it doesn't happen. And it's just such a shock. At least all these shocking moments, the best part. So which uh, you two, what are your guys' favorite finisher moves of all time? Mine would probably have to be Stone Cold Steve Austin stunner, just because w the way he'd hit it, it would be so devastating, and the way some people would sell it, like The Rock would get hit by it and he'd flip backwards like three times, all dramatically, and it's just it's it, the way he, he'd hit it so suddenly, and it would just again it would just end the match would be the match would just instantly be over. 
That, I think that's a good part about him is he would just do it out of nowhere. He'd be talking to like say like Vince McMahon or something, and all of a sudden, stunner, yeah. throw me some beer. Yeah, they'd be cheering <laughs> beer together, and then he'd be fake cheering him, hit him with a stunner, he'd spit beer out. It's great. Didn't matter who it was. Nope. Could be the guy keeping time at the ring. Could be the ref. He didn't care. Everybody gets stunner. I love it. So I like the moves that well, I like the moves that come out of nowhere, and I like the ones that have the big lead up before they finish. Um, so my big lead-up one is the Macho Man Randy Savage off the top rope, diving elbow, because he makes a big show out of it. He climbs up the ropes, he's pointing around the stadium, he's got both arms up, all before like this guy is just laying there on the ground because, I don't, know, I don't even know what other moves Macho Man Randy Savage even has. Did he punch the guy and he fell over? Him or a scoop slam. Yeah, it's <laughs> scoop slam. Dangerous. He did a clothesline and now he's been laying on the ground for 10 minutes. But then he just flies across that ring. It didn't matter. Like, even he'd be like 50, 60 years old, and he's still up on that top rope, pointing to the guy on the upper deck and then doing the elbow drop. Oh, it's just elegant. It was so beautiful to watch. I love that too. build up. And then I like the ones where they just come out of nowhere. Like, uh, Randy Orton does the RKO, but Diamond Dallas Page did it first. It's the same move, but they just come out of like any other move, and then he would just hit a stunner or they, he'd hit the diamond cutter or whatever. Everybody goes nuts, and then the match is over. He'd show the diamond first, though, so you kind of knew it was coming. Or he would do it afterwards. Depending on how he was feeling yeah. on the match. If My he f- came out of nowhere, he didn't do the diamond first because <laughs> it wouldn't be out of nowhere. He just did it really quick. Diamond, boom. <laughs> I think my favorite one is another one, like, really, you're not going to just duck was sweet chin music Shawn michaels he's stomping on the ground with his foot like 10 15 times and the guy's just like tuning up the band i don't even know where i'm at and then he just walks right into the sweet chin music but that one is one of the most electrifying yeah. i think it was the sound it made because you know it's that, that 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 snap and it just i don't know how they did it because i don't I, i'm not quite sure how wrestling works <laughs> i don't think he's landing they hit their thigh nice they just do it off camera so but so it sounds like they're hitting a sledgehammer against a piece of rock. I like it. Yeah. Either way, it's still super hot. <laughs> it's beautiful. All right, so we kind of talked about some of the moves. Um, who are your favorite wrestlers? Charlie, let's go with your two. My favorite wrestlers. We've talked about both of them, but Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, I think he's cute. You know he's sexy. So that... I think that song, as he's coming in, is one of the best entrance songs. It's up there with some of the other ones we'll talk about later today. But I think that's one of the best intros. It's just Pretty Boy and that finisher with Sweet Chin Music. It's just amazing. My other guy I got, Stone Cold. Tyler kind of talked about him. But Austin 316, you know, drinking beers, hitting stunners, flipping everybody off, getting down on the ground, yelling in their face super close. There's nothing like Stone Cold. In a great turn from what he was in WCW before he came to WF, he had like long blonde hair when he was in the WCW, and like we barely remember him doing it. And then he comes to the WWF, and they just come up with this concept for him, and now he's the beer drinking, bald goatee guy. Iconic. And it's just it just makes that big turn, turns a career around like uh, Mark Calloway. Yeah. We're going to give you this stupid gimmick where you're an undertaker, and then he just does it for the next 40 years. <laughs> All right, Tyler, who are your favorite two wrestlers? Mine are a little less traditional. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Mick Foley. I think he is one of the just most versatile wrestlers. I think he, he nails the promo part. 
he nails the comedy aspect of wrestling and he is one of the most hardcore wrestlers of all time he throws tacks in the ring and flaming barbed wire and just he, he, he put his body on the line and we'll, we'll get to some of this later when we talk about iconic moments but the things he is has done in wrestling it, it would it would kill most people so i just think he's just awesome because he's all around and then jericho for longevity um, him in WCW as a cruiserweight was so much fun to watch. And then he comes to WWE and makes his huge debut. And um, he just, he was the first undisputed champion when everybody thought it'd be The Rock or, you know, Stone Cold. They, they give to him. And he's still wrestling today. He's wrestling in AEW. And he was the champion for like the first four months there and there. And he's still just fantastic. He's, he's adapted his career. He's had so many different personas from the list to, you know, being a cruiserweight, Y2J. I just think he's really versatile as well. A great finisher with the uh, the the walls of Jericho. Great move, Zach. Who you got? Well, I already talked about both of them, and it was it's mostly for their finishers. <laughs> well, Macho Man Randy Savage is just like a next level character, where he's just like super hyped up on whatever he's hyped up on. Not like over the top, like um, the Ultimate Warrior, where it's like scary over the top, <laughs> but it's fun over the top. He's got the outrageous costumes. He's got Miss Elizabeth with him. He's yelling at Mean Gene. And he's just got some of those great promos. Like the cream always rises to the top. It, it's just, it's so good. And it wouldn't work with anybody else. He's just got that cool voice. He's in Spider-Man. I think that's... is ready. <laughs> I think that's the best part of him. I got you for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love... Love that. And then I love Diamond Dallas Page. I love it that he started when he was 38, which doesn't make any sense because that's past where your body should even be able to handle it. He was just like the only person that didn't end up in NWO and WCW, carried the whole thing, and then now he's like teaching yoga and getting these wrestlers off pain pills. It's it's fantastic. It's a great story, and he's just a cool dude. It's awesome. And I love the self-high-five. That's just a great opening first second of somebody's walk-in music self high five not as good as the the breaking glass of stone cold steve austin or some of the other ones no or the undertaker lights going going out oh man chills yeah Yeah. all right so let's kind of talk about iconic moments here we'll kind of go we'll start with tyler your two most iconic moments of wrestling so for for me i think one of the thing that captures again what what we love about wrestling is when uh hbk when hbk um the heartbreak kid retired rick flair so flair was a little much much older in his career he had to be like 56 years old and he still wanted to wrestle but vince was trying to get him to like not wrestle anymore and um he basically decided to have a retirement match with hbk he wanted hbk to be the one that you know ended his career and they had this really emotional match back and forth and you know at the very end of it, um, HBK, before he tunes up the band, hits his sweet chin music, he looks at Ric Flair, and with all genuineness, he looks at him and he mouths, you know, I love you, I'm sorry, and he kicks him and, pinishes, and pins him and ends his career. And I cried, I, I, I got emotional, and that's what I love about wrestling, is that it, it brings out, you know, you get the excitement in sports, uh, and then it just has this emotional aspect. And then another one is um, when the Undertaker streak ended. I, it was one of those things in wrestling you never thought it would happen. He was 21-0 in WrestleMania's. He's, he was an icon. It was never going to happen. He was never going to lose. And he finally lost Brock Lesnar. And the memes that came out of it of the guy in the crowd just shocked. Uh, because it was definitely, it's the only time I've ever heard of WrestleMania just make no sound. Once the, once the third, you know, one, two, three hit, 
just dead silence. Everybody they was just shocked. They kept it pretty secret too. Yeah. It was one of those things. Like uh, I heard a story that a guy took a, took out a loan to put a bet on the Undertaker winning because it's like a sure thing at that point. And then he looked at the odds. Like it was like it was one of those things where like you bet a hundred to win ten or whatever. And then he kept looking at the odds, and it changed to 50-50, and he's like, oh, no. This is not good. What do they know? And then I had heard some of those rumblings, like, no, they're not going to have him do that. Undertaker's the one that's going to end Brock's crazy streak, but no. Just stunning. It's just absolutely stunning. Zach, what do you got as your two iconic moments? Well, I think it's the two that you see from... Well, the one that you see from every WWE clip ever, like it's in the beginning of the intro when you go on the app, it's mankind getting thrown off Hell in a Cell. So they had the pay-per-view for the first time. It's the first time we see it. Like cage match has been around forever. Everyone talks about cage matches. You climb to the top. If you're Superfly Jimmy Snooker, you jump off the top of it, or Macho Man, you jump off the top of it. But you climb out and that's the end of it. And this is the first time they put a top on it. And we're like, well, how does this even work? And then they get out of the cage and they climb on top. And I was like, this seems really sketchy. And then Undertaker just throws Mankind off the top of it into the table. And we're just looking around like, is he dead? Oh, Jair's call of, by God, he's broken in <laughs> half. He might be dead. It was just incredible. Yeah. It was a great spot. It was like perfect landing. There's, it, there's a really small margin of error on that one. How do you practice that? I don't know that you do. No. Maybe a dummy. <laughs> You just hope. Yeah. How hard do I push this guy? Yeah, because he could have easily died. I, that fall was, what, 20 feet in the air through a table? Insane. It was pretty cool. Your though. adrenaline's got to be fired up. Oh, You're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm climbing on top of this cage for what? <laughs> well, the, the, again, going back to why I love Foley, the best part of it, they didn't in the match. He got up and they kept fighting and they went back on top of the cage and he got chokeslammed through the top of the cell and a steel chair fell with him and it hit him so hard that his tooth burst through his lip and was sticking in his nose. Wild. Crazy. That was such a good match. I remember that. Now the other one for me is, so NWO was huge. WCW, that's the one that Troy and I watched most because it was on first. They were on at the same time. We love Razor Ramon. We love, we love Diesel and they come over and they're taking over. And Hulk Hogan's there. He's the one that's going to stop this NWO invasion. And he turns bad for the first time. Like in wrestling, you've got you've got faces and you've got heels. So you've got good guys and bad guys. And it's, for the most part, pretty clear cut. Hulk Hogan had been a good guy for the entire time that he's been in wrestling. 20, 30 years. Like, he's always the good guy. He's always the one that wins. He even, like... They don't even like schedule him to lose. He's just, he has to win. He's that guy. And then he turns bad. And then the next episode, he's got like a spray painted black beard and he's got a bandana. And it's like, this is weird, but this is awesome at the same time. Yeah. I know we have different feelings on Hulk Hogan in this room right now, but he's iconic. He just, he played both parts well. Oh, the crowd. And the, what's great about that moment when it's an iconic moment was the crowd just didn't, again, they never thought that could happen. You don't happen. know how to process They're it. throwing trash in the ring. They're Everyone. booing. It was incredible. I think that's what his, made that His wrestling's great. not great, but his, his mic skills and all that other stuff is the reason that he's one of the most famous people. I, I think we got a couple on our tray. You got a couple? Yeah. Um, the two I got is, I don't remember the context of this, but when Stone Cold Steve Austin... <laughs> 
drives down in a milk truck and just I, I think it was a ceremony of some sort and is just blowing everyone in the um, ring up with the milk out of a hose. I think it was McMahon and I have no idea who else, but it had to have been Kurt Angle if it's milk. Yeah, yeah, because Austin did it with a beer truck first, and then when when Angle was feuding with Austin, he came down with the milk truck and hosed Austin down with milk. It's just one of those things I always. It's just one of the things I'll always remember is just Austin. It's one of the reasons why he's one of my favorites is he just didn't give a you know what. Yeah. He just went for it. And the other one is just something because, like Zach said, we were more WCW growing up than we were WWF at the time. Um, but when Goldberg came in and his entrance and the streak he went on where he didn't lose for forever. But my question always was, like, why does he need security when he's coming into the ring? It just never really made sense to me. Like, someone's going to go attack him. I don't know. Okay. It's just part of the thing. It just kind of made me feel weird. But Do you it, remember his first match? I remember watching it. I remember watching it, but I don't remember it. But the he spear... comes down, no music. Uh, I, f- I forget the wrestler's name. I remember his, his finishing move was No Laughing Matter, where he does like a backflip off the top rope. It's like a big fat dude that like does Hugh it Morris too. or something. Hugh Morris. That's who it was. Yeah. It was Hugh Morris. Hits him with, he hits him with No Laughing Matter... And Goldberg kicks out after a one count. And we're like, what? Who is this guy? And then, and then Spear, and then he lifts Hugh Morris up and hits him with the jackhammer. And he pins him, and then he just walks out of the ring. And it's like, who is this guy? He's my new favorite. Yeah, they yeah. built him up so great. And with the streak, it was... It, he did so good. That's just one of the things. I'll, that streak, that run, was just so good. Definitely good. All right, let's talk about underrated wrestlers. So we went over our favorite wrestlers who are properly rated. Some of them probably maybe overrated. Uh, let's talk about some of the underrated ones. Like, So to get this to work, you've got your good guys and your bad guys, but you got to do a match every week, sometimes twice a week, for years and years and years and years. So you can't just have your top guys do it over and over again. you got to have your like everyday matches like... The Rock can't fight Stone Cold every week because it doesn't work. You've got to build up to these things. So let's talk about some of these other guys that are around that kind of put in the work, put these other guys over, and put on some of their good matches of their own. The mid-carters, the, uh, the, the unsung heroes. Yeah. That's what makes it work. So I think my favorite, again, WCW guy, uh, Dean Malenko. I don't know if you remember watching him wrestler. He's the most technically sound wrestler out of all of them. Um, basically makes everyone look great. Had some great fights with Rey Mysterio early on in his WCW career. Really made him look good and made some of like the Hunican Rana and that stuff really stick. Um, but just made a lot of guys look real good. And that's what I liked about him. Like you said, technically perfect. Uh, he's a trainer now, which is, which is awesome. That makes sense. I liked one of the four horsemen, Arn Anderson. So good. That guy, he just... You just didn't know what he was going to do, but he always he wrestled well. He did his job and was just a very strong link in the force. Oh, it's the best spine buster in the business. Just absolutely, the way he'd pick him up and just spin around and slam is just incredible. <laughs> so realistic, some of these moves. Yeah. It's like, what? All right, let's talk about my favorite move that is not an actual wrestling move. And that's Booker T and the Spinner Rooney. Tyler, tell us about the Spinner Rooney. 
Are we talking about the five time, five time, five time? <laughs> so basically, Booker T. Uh, right he went through of, a lot of phases. He did. He was King of the Ring for a while. He, yeah, he went through a lot. WCW Booker T. Oh. The Harlem, Harlem Heat, Heat Booker T. Yeah. So good. So good. So the spin Rooney, he would basically, right in the middle of his match, before he hit his axe handle finisher, he would he would pose on, his, pose on the ground and then get on his back and basically do like a breakdancing spin with his helicopter <laughs> legs and get back up and still pose. Again, it provides nothing wrestling-wise. He's not doing any damage to his opponent. It's pure theatric. And it was just, he did it every time. And it was just such a, such a joy to watch. He was one of my, he's up there, one of my favorites. And I love the announcers just yelling, Spooner Rooney, every time that he did it. Another one I we have down, he's kind of, I'd probably say he's average rated, though, is Kane. He just was kind of under his brother's shadow a little bit. But he never really got the what he deserved, I thought. Yeah, he's, he's he not. had some great runs, though. Yeah, the, the fire in the ring every time he'd come in is just really great entrance. and The mask, the suits, even like later on, like corporate Kane. Yeah. Like he puts on good matches. He's really tall. The choke slam works really well. Yeah, he's just the B-rate version of the Undertaker, unfortunately. Basically, yeah. yeah. That's how they did it. He probably would have been really good if they would have given him another gimmick, but yep. it worked out good for him. Uh, I think I think Kurt Angle's a really underrated wrestler. Um, well, he's I, actually a really good wrestler. Yeah, he's an Olympic gold medalist with a broken freaking neck, as he'd say all the time. <laughs> um, I think I think his move set was just unique. Um, I like I like the way he did things, and like you said, he's he he nailed the comedy angles a lot. But unfortunately, he happened to be in the same era as The Rock and Stone Cold, so we always played third, fourth fiddle to those guys. And then I always really like Goldust. I just thought he was such a unique weirdo, and you know he didn't fit in the square box that everybody else did. He was basically the Dennis Rodman of professional wrestling. Absolutely, he'd come down and the different video he'd have when he come down. His move was the Shattered Dreams, where he'd just get them on the on the ropes and go and kick them right between their legs. He was just a unique wrestler, and I just thought he was. A Has blast. anyone done more with a terrible gimmick than Goldust? No, no, he's a crossdresser from like another planet. That's basically his gimmick. <laughs> Another one that we have down, he was kind of big for a while, though, was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh! <laughs> the first ever Royal Rumble winner, yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Carried a big big piece of wood and Two an American flag four. in his back, baby. <laughs> and he would just run into the He wasn't the even really great shape. No. But he still wore, like, a Speedo <laughs> with the boots. Disheveled long hair. With the beard, yeah. yeah. He looks like he's been sleeping in his car. <laughs> that's, that's why I liked him. He's great. He was, he was a pretty good wrestler, though. One of my favorite things about wrestling was the tag teams. Um, I think I think there's so many good tag teams. Zach, what's some what's some of your favorite tag teams that you guys that you watched? So the bunch of really good ones. The ones my favorite tag teams are the ones where that I only see them existing as the tag team. So we have a couple that are down there. I think one of my favorite is the Road Warrior, Hawk and Animal. Yeah. They've got the spike shoulder pads. They've got the face paint. I don't know either of their names. I only know them in that context. I think uh, one of their sons plays professional football, Major yeah. Hawk. Yeah. Um, they had a great finisher, the Doomsday Device. But they just work great together. They have a team-up move, but they only exist in that realm. They never really have single careers. Um, just great gimmick. I just like people that stick to a gimmick, and they just make it work for them for as long as they go. I would say my favorite was they had a decent by themselves, but the Outsiders, Holland Nash, they were one of my, I mean, WCW again, because that's what we love, but one of the best tag teams of all time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you got two top tier wrestlers that are pairing up together. It's, 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 it's hard top to Top tier wrestlers, both great on the mic. Yeah. Um, I just remember the toothpick. And 
they just play the villain role so perfect. They're, and they both have fantastic finishers. Again. Yeah, and there are a couple teams like that, like like the Brothers of Destruction is another one where you got two top tier talents that are teaming up to make great teams. Some of my favorite tag team wrestlers were were during the area of the TLC era. So you had the Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy Boys. And I think those those three teams are, are some of the best tag teams in the world for, for very unique reasons. I think they both provide a lot, but their matches together in like that three year run where they were doing TLC matches and, and going just to war with each other, it was some of the best tag team wrestling of all time. There's nothing more exciting Get the table. than Bubba Ray Dudley <laughs> pushing Devon and saying, Get the table. So great. And <laughs> just and, like on a random match on like a Thursday night. It's just great. like, all right, this is where we're going. I love every moment of this. When he, when he powerbombed Mae Young through a table. Yeah. Yeah. He's a crazy person. Edge, edge spearing Jeff Hardy when he's dangling from the top of the ladder. When he came back in the Royal Rumble and he pushed like Sheldon Benjamin and he called him Devon and he told him to go get the tables in the middle of the Royal Rumble. That was like one of my favorite <laughs> so moments good. ever. Um, Another one, the New Age Outlaws. Oh, yeah. They were good. Those another one like by themselves weren't really much. I remember really liking DX at the time, but it didn't really age very well. Mm-mm. No, you go back and watch it. Yeah, some of the clips like, oh no, that's not okay. <laughs> you can't do anything. They of came on blackface at one point in time. Yeah, it that's, was that's wild. It was a little rough, <laughs> but they, but they were very entertaining at the time. The only Triple H version that I liked. You don't like the, you don't not a game fan. No, not game fan. I even liked Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That was the best I liked one. that gimmick yeah. better than um, the game. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's just like a, it's like a French duke or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hair, hair a nice yeah. top on. That's great. He's got like a powdered wig on. <laughs> All right. So we've kind of talked about this before, but our Mount Rushmore's, who's your four that's on your Mount Rushmore's? We'll start with our guest, Tyler. Okay. Uh, mine's pretty boilerplate. There's nothing, anything crazy. You know, I'm throwing the rock in there. I think, you know, what he did inside and outside the ring, his longevity, his time as a champion, the charisma, I think he introduced a lot more uh, mic skills than we'd ever seen before. Um, I got The Undertaker on there. Again, he's been doing it for four decades and at a high level. Um, he had the iconic streak. He's fantastic. Stone Cold for all the reasons we mentioned. And then um, I've got Vincent McMahon on my list as well. Um, I think he's the fourth. I think none of this gets as big as it is without him. The amount of things he does for the wrestling community, promoting and, and, and making it as big as it is in marketing and, and making a serious thing with stock trading and creating this WWE network. I think... I think well, he, he turned it from a regional thing. Yeah. And then he just started stealing wrestlers, which was against all of the rules that they've done forever. Yeah. And they're like, well, well, now we have Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah. now we have Andre the Giant, and it turned it into combining them all into one big thing. Yeah, I think I think he's he's iconic, and and and, they, and he also was a WWE champion at one point in time. <laughs> so I think I think he makes a list uh, kind of like controversial or hot take, if you will. But I think he he belongs on the Mount Rushmore. Zach, well, he's on mine too, because um, he gets a lot of credit for making it what it was and as big as it is currently um even taking over every cw and just like i wish the xfl would have worked though that would have been it would have had, had it, it would have i think i think it was it was getting some it was getting ratings yeah. i would have been i, I hope they get another season out of it but i also have i have undertaker like you had before um i have rick flair nice another pre big merger like he was a I think an nwa wrestler and a whole bunch of other ones but he was the most famous going to that and when they started pulling in the big names in the 80s he was the one of the ones that really carried the brand early on and he also wrestled until he was 
a million years old. Like he would still be wrestling today if they would let him, but I don't think he's cleared mm. to do it. Oh, and his promo was so his good. daughter's in wrestling now, but best heel just poke in the eye like everything that you know you just know that he's the bad guy over the top he's spending like 10 grand on these like elaborate outfits that he wears for two minutes while he's walking down to the ring the limousine riding kiss stealing (laughs) just over the top awesome character just great stories throughout and then i gotta have hulk hogan on there um again he's the reason that it did as well as it did he carried wrestlemania one and two and three and like 19 and like all over the place and he's just like he's an iconic thing he carried wcw for a while um but he's just like he's the most iconic one he's got a lot of the big moments he's got the fight with andre the giant he's got you look back at the clips in the opening montage on the network you've got mankind falling off the cage and you got hulk hogan um slamming andre the slamming giant. andre the giant those are the two things so his wrestling's not as great as it was probably before he joined the WWF, but um, he's he's an iconic character and he's got to be on the Rushmore. Yeah, my four, I mean, kind of piggyback on you guys. I had a lot of the same, but I have Undertaker. I feel like he's got to be up there. He's cemented in. He already looks like a statue, so I mean, might as well just put him <laughs> up there. Um, I got Hulk Hogan. I mean, if, if you ask someone who's what wrestler do you know the most, I think he'd probably be top answer on a lot of people that are casual. Um, I've got The Rock. I think The Rock did a huge amount for the WWF. Everything he did brought, I think, a lot of fans to wrestling. And they started watching it because of him, especially in the younger age group. And then my fourth one is just Stone Cold Steve Austin because I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. That guy is, this is usually what I say, that guy is good. (laughs) (laughs) So I think those four, I mean... No matter who you put up there of the ones we've all talked about, they could all be debated. And wrestling is still to this day one of the most popular things, as much as, you know, some of the people make fun of it for not being real and fake. But like Zach said earlier, it's basically a soap opera. It's a soap opera where they're hurting each other. Now there's rules in place so that they can keep doing it every week, every week of the year for years and years and years. So when you're jumping over the ropes to the outside, the guy's going to catch you so that you don't murder yourself. Um, but they're hurting themselves. Like most of them are addicted to pain pills and they're, they're out of it pretty quick because they're actually hurting each other. Now the matches are predetermined. Yeah. Cause it's more like a soap opera than an actual like fight, but it's still super entertaining. They've got outrageous costumes and gimmicks and they're yelling at it on the mics and making fun of each other. And it's just a lot of fun to watch. And what's great about it right now is there's not a lot of live sports or things going on right now. And it's on, you know, twice a week, three times a week. And I'm not going to watch NASCAR. Yeah. Um, yeah. How many times can you watch, uh, you know, cornhole tournaments on ESPN? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love that they're still still doing it right now. And yeah, it's just it's just great. All right. I think that I think we'll cut it off there. We could probably talk about wrestling for another two hours, mm. but we'll we'll save you guys that. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to Fruit of the Bean. Again, our sponsor this week. Great coffee and great t-shirts. I'm going to get that mug now. You should. I should. Definitely good. Uh, check us out on social media at Spivey Special on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our new website, SpiveySpecialPodcast.com. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. You can listen to the podcast from there. You can see some bios from me and Troy. 
You can send in questions on things you want us to talk about on the show. If you want to call Troy Fat through the website, it's all set up for you. Um, you can also send in donations to the show if you want to. That'd be kind of cool. And um, I think that's it. Troy, you got anything else? Zach, you're fat. Troy, you're fat. Uh, hey, guys. I'm actually a number 35, too. It's uh, literally tattooed on my arm. Oh, boy. We, Kevin Durant, Tyler Golding, same thing. Tyler, you're fat. <laughs> Later. Later.